0: My friend, Rona Jenkins, sent me a photograph of a felted trowel puppet that she'd made. It's on the Tales for Trouble Times Facebook page. He's a beauty, and she said she was interested in doing a Kelpie, so I thought I would tell you a Kelpie story. Now, a Kelpie, you would know, or maybe not, is the Scottish term for a water horse. But it's no ordinary horse. This is a horse that lives in a loch, in a lake, and it encourages people to get on its back and then it plunges into the water with them and drowns them. Now, there was a farmer who lived near the shores of Loch Ness, and he was married and he had a wee boy who was, well, he was about 11 years old by now. So, not that wee, but still young. But Bad luck had visited them because the man's horse, his plough horse, had died. And they had no means of plowing the fields. And the man was beside himself, worried to know what to do, because if they didn't plow the fields, they couldn't grow any crop. They would have no food to eat the next winter, and they would starve to death. It was a terrible thing. He had tried tying a rope to the plough and pulling it himself. But it was no good. He was getting to be too old and too weak for that now. It wouldn't work. And his wee boy, he was only eleven, he was too young to pull a plough. There was no way that they could do it, not even between them. So it seemed that disaster was staring them in the face. Starvation was guaranteed. But the man had a thought. Now he had seen, on the nights when the moon is full, a beautiful horse come out of Loch Ness and prance up and down on the shore and eat the grass there. He knew this was a kelpie and he knew the dangers but they were faced with such hardship that what could he do he had to risk it so that night when the moon was full he looked out the window and there by the shores of the loch was a beautiful black horse great big sleek shiny black horse So he told his wife that he had the rope from the plough with him. He was going to go and he was going to tame the kelpie. He was going to catch it. And he was going to fasten the rope to it. And he would make the kelpie pull the plough and plough the field. His wife was horrified at the suggestion. You can't be serious, she said. You can't do that. Why ever not, he said. Because it's a kelpie. No living man can ride a kelpie. He'll kill you. You know what the old stories in the songs say? If you climb on his back, then you will stick to him. You'll never get off, and he will plunge into the water with you and drown you. You know that you're fated to die if you ever make such an attempt. We're fated to die if we Don't, he said. We need that horse to plough our fields. There's no two ways about it. We have to have that horse. We can't survive without it. Well, he took the rope, and he wrapped his plie around him, his plaid, his home-spun woolen cloth. And he took the rope in his hand, and he went to the door. His wife went and tried to stop him from leaving. Husband, husband, she said, don't do this. It will spell your doom. You will die. Well, we will die if I don't try, he said. And off he went. Well, his wee boy would have ran with him and tried to help, but his mother stopped him. And they stood in the door, watching in horror, as he walked down to the shore towards that great, big, black, sleek horse. Well, the farmer walked up to that horse, walked up to the Kelpie, and the Kelpie stood there, just as docile as you like, didn't move, paid no attention to him. Now the farmer got up to him, and he grabbed hold of the horse's mane, and he swung himself up onto the back of the horse. And as he did that, he seen the horse growing bigger and bigger and bigger, till it was twice the size it had been before. And the hair of the mane turned into snakes that twisted around his arms, so that he couldn't free himself from it, and he discovered that the stories were true. He was stuck to the back of the kelpie. He couldn't move, not one shot. Well, the kelpie tossed its head and snorted, and great clouds of hot steam came out of that nostrils. It was like that horse came from hell. No man, said the kelpie, can ride a kelpie you cannot tame me i will never be tamed and with that he started to run he ran down towards the water and as the woman and her son looked on in horror the horse plunged into the deepest part of the water and the man was seen no more now the next day the boy went down to the shore, a loch nest, to look and see if he could find his father's body. But there was no sign of him. The only thing that had washed ashore was the length of rope that he had taken from the plough and his own plaidy, his plaid. Well, the boy picked them up. He picked them up like they were sacred items holy relics he carried them up to his hoose and he set them carefully aside his mother lamented we are done for there is nothing we can do now we can't plow the fields we will starve well said the boy I'll go down to the loch and see if I can catch a fish for our supper now son "'said his mother. "'You know perfectly well "'that no fish will live in water "'where a kelpie lives. "'Well, at least I can try,' said the boy. "'So he set off with his fishing line "'and he sat by the side of the loch "'fishing away, "'and he sat there for hours "'and no fish took the hook. "'Now, it was a nice day.' And he saw an old woman coming walking along the shores of the loch. And he said to her, Oh, it's a fine day to be out for a walk, isn't it? Such lovely weather. Aye, said the old woman, It's warm now, but it'll be cold later. And, oh, my poor old bones, they ache with the cold. Now the boy looked at her, and she was all ragged. And she had a shawl around her shoulders, her own me plidy, and it was all patched, and it was thin, and he thought, poor old woman. And he always remembered that his father used to say to him that there was always people worse off in the world than they were, and there, standing in front of him, was an example of that. There was a poor old woman with nothing at all, just gathering up bits of wood that had washed ashore there to put on her fire to try to keep a spark alive just to keep the warmth in her stop her from freezing the boy felt sorry for her wait there a minute he says i've got something for you and he ran back to the house and he came back with his father's plidy and he gave it to the old woman and he said here this will maybe keep you warm on a cold night and she said, thank you, boy, thank you. But, you know, when I get something, I always give something in return. And she took off her own plidy. that was all patched and thin, and she handed it to the boy, and she looked at him very earnestly, and she said, sometimes it is best to sit on a plidy than to wear it. Well, the boy didn't know what she meant, but he thanked her, and he carried on fishing. And after she left, he caught a fish. So he went back, and him and his mother ate that night. Now, the next day, he was back at the shore again, fishing. And the same old woman came along, and he said to her, Good morning. He said, Oh, it's a a nice day to be out in. "'Aye, aye, it's a fine day,' she says, "'but without a bite of food in my belly,' she says, "'oh, it's a hard life.'" Well, the boy remembered what his father had said about people being worse off than them, and he had a hunk of bread with him, which was to have been his only food that day, and he gave it to the old woman, and he said, "'Here, take this.'" It's not much, but at least it'll be something in your belly. And the old woman looked at him and said, Thank you, boy. You know, she said, I don't get without giving something in return. And she gave him a little pouch that contained some salt. And she said, Now remember, sometimes salt can kill as well as cure. And with that she set off. And then the boy caught two fish. Well, that next day he was back at the shore fishing again. Same old woman went by. And she was looking sad and he said, Hello to it's a lovely day again, isn't it? Oh, yeah, she says, oh, it's fine. It's thirsty work being out so when the Sun shining like this and you know I really need a piece of rope to tie onto my bucket so that I can dip it down into my well and get some water the boy said you wait there a minute I have just the thing and he ran back to the house and he got the piece of rope that his father had used on the plough, the one that had been washed ashore and he gave it to the old woman and he said this'll maybe Give you some better luck. Thank you, boy, she said. But you know, I never take something without giving something in return. Here. And she gave him a bridle, a horse's bridle with a bit in it. And she said, remember, iron isn't only used for making a pot with and with that she left now the boy then caught three fish and away home he went and him and his mother were eating away and he told her all about the strange old woman that he'd seen in the previous three days and his mother said oh yes I know the old woman she has a reputation of being a spay wife a wise woman If she said any words to you, then I would remember them if I was you. She is wise. There'll be wisdom in whatever words that she told you. And believe me, she doesn't waste her words on nothing. Well, time passed. And, although the boy was still able to catch fish from the loch, they knew that they really, really had to get their land ploughed, and the time was passing. Soon it would be too late to get a crop in, but still no horse to plough with. And so, one night, when the moon was full, the boy looked out the window, and there, by the side of the loch, stood the beautiful, sleek, black kelpie. I'm going to go and catch the kelpie he said, and I'll plough the fields with him. We need him. Don't be daft, said his mother. Your father couldn't catch the creature. What makes you think you can? I don't, but we need him. Without him, we can't plough the fields. Well, the mother tried her best to stop her son, but he was determined. And he rapped the plidy around him, and he took the rope, and he took the bridle that the old woman had given him as well, and he headed down to the shore. Now he went up to the Kelpie, and the Kelpie stood there just as placid, just like a lamb, just stood there, not a thing, never paid any attention to him. Well, the boy went, and he was just about to grab the horse's mane and chump up onto his back. When he remembered the words that the wise woman had said to him, sometimes it's better to sit on a plidy than to wrap it around you. So he took off the plidy that she'd given him, and she put it, he put it over the back of the horse, like a saddle blanket and then he grabbed the mane and he chomped up but he made sure to sit on the blanket and no part of him touched any other part of the back or the sides of the horse now as he grabbed the mane he could feel the horse growing and he seen that he was rising up above the ground the horse was getting bigger and bigger and The mane was turning into serpents that twisted around his hands and his arms. And then he remembered the second gift and the second piece of advice that the old woman had given him. Remember that salt can kill as well as cure. Well, he took some of the salt from the pouch and he sprinkled it onto the snakes. And as soon as that happened, they died. And it just became hair again, just a mane. Well, the Kelpie was furious. The boy had pulled the Kelpie's head back, and it was outraged. And it said, No man alive can ride a Kelpie. I did for your father, and I will do for you as well. And then the boy remembered the third gift and the third piece of advice. Iron isn't just used for making a pot with. The bridle that she'd given him, the bit in it, was made of iron. And iron is a great defeater of all magic. And so, as quick as a flash, he flung the harness over the Kelpie's head and he put the bit in its mouth between its teeth And the kelpie lost all its power. It had iron in its mouth. It now couldn't do anything. It was helpless. And so the boy led it back to his home and he shouted to his mother to go to the neighbor's house and to borrow another rope for the plough. And he got the plough and he fixed the rope to it and he tied it to the kelpie and he ploughed all the fields that night. In fact, kelpies are so strong, they're as strong as a hundred horses. He ploughed all the neighbour's fields as well that were still lying there needing to be done. Now, by the end of the time there when he had finished all the ploughing, He decided that there was really no reason to keep the kelpie any longer, so he took it back to the shore to Loch Ness. He took the plidy off its back, and he took the harness off and the bit out of its mouth. And as soon as that metal was out of its mouth, as soon as it had regained all the power it had lost, by having iron in its mouth, then it ran back into the loch, and it never came back out and bothered them again. So their fields were sown, and the crop was waving bonny by the autumn. But you know, the Kelpie was right. No man alive can ride a Kelpie. But they never said anything about a boy.